Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Fisher Death Podcast is presented by WinBet. Bet is team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive, joined by my partner, the mad backer, Bart Scott. Bart, I'm feeling a little bit punchy today. You're going to have to carry me. But <laughs> what did you make of the Jets going toe-to-toe with the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, at MetLife Stadium? No moral victories in the National Football League, but are there things that they can build on? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think it was a lot to build on. Um, tough start to, to put yourself in a 17-0 hole, but I think they showed a lot of character and a lot of heart. And especially Zach Wilson, I think, you know, he probably had one of the toughest weeks uh, any New York athlete has had in a very, very, very long time. And he tried to handle everything, all the criticism with grace. And he stepped up and he showed something that we hadn't seen in a while, and that's football character. Right. Coming out and saying, you know what, I'll show you. I, I won't explain it. I can't try and quantify the, the the improvements that I'm making. I know you don't see it yet, but. You know, from all indications that have been happening in practice, I think we saw some of the, the practice work translate over to the uh, football field when, it, when when the game mattered and when it was a real game. And uh, just you know, some things need to be cleaned up, but I, you have to tip your hat to him. You know, he showed a lot of heart. This team showed a lot of heart. I mean, last week I had Garrett Wilson on my show, and we talked about, hey, man, like you should get these 50-50 balls, and, you know, you're a great athlete. I think, you know, you should get more opportunities. And I don't know if Zach was listening to us in our interview or if he broke it down. But Garrett was saying, "Hey, if I was a if, if I was a quarterback when I played quarterback, I would try and always get the ball in the hands of people that would make me look good." And it, you know, Garrett Wilson, when you look at it, it's not going to jump off the off the uh, the stat sheet as far as nine receptions for sixty. But those were a lot of hard throws, right? You talk about hard pitch and catches, right? You talk about the one when he went to the ground and got it. You talk about the one where he caught it with his fingertips and because he didn't bobble there or didn't move, it stood. Um, you talk about, you know, some of the missed opportunities, the the deep ball where you're just slightly off. You know, the fact that they were able to move the ball and pick up third downs gave Nathaniel Hackett the opportunity to grow the package and get plays in that he probably couldn't get in because clearly they could never get in a rhythm and get established. You know, you want to see more for the run game. I think the next step is really trying to figure out what's the different types of runs that Brees Hall gets and what's the different type of runs that Dalvin Cook gets because I think we have to do a better job identifying what he does well. I know Michael Carter's been doing a great job at the third down back, picking up um, blitzes, coming out and releasing and but Dalvin Cook has been a great third down back in this league for a long time, too. And I think he should be more involved in the screen game because he was good at that in Minnesota. Uh, Brees looked you know, like he's getting stronger. 
but there's a lot to take that's positive from it. You know, you would like to have, you know, established a little bit more dominance against the run. Pacheco ran physical, but all in all, the defense to hold that outfit uh, pretty much after you spot them 17 to hold that outfit to basically six points, um, it's a lot to build from. And, you know, the thing is, it may seem like it gets easier because of the opponent, but, you know, the next opponent feels like they found something too. Denver squeaking out a win and a come-from-behind win of, you know, 21 down to come back. Um, they're going to have a lot of confidence. And now that it's on film, you have to adjust to the adjustment because people are going to see how well Zach played and how he put balls in tight spots. And now they're going to try and make plays on them. So it doesn't get any easier. You sit down, you watch this film and see the opportunities that you could have had, the touchdowns to Conklin. The, uh, it was really a checkout during, in the red zone from uh, Michael Carter that if he would have saw him leaking out late, he would have walked into the end zone as well. Uh, but all in all, this team showed a lot of grit. You know, you talk about, you know, NBC, they had, you know, Taylor Swift, where was she born questions and when was her album shot questions that they never got to because in the midst of all the hysteria, a football uh, game broke out. Well, what clicked for Wilson? What did you see different from him when you compare what we saw against the New England Patriots? Also, conversely, how were the Chiefs trying to attack him, and how was he able to take advantage of what he saw from Kansas City's defense? I mean, they were playing a little man-to-man. They were trying to light him up with zones. Uh, Chris Jones was trying to find his fish. He never really found it. He beat Makai once, but Vera Tucker was giving him everything he can handle. You know, he was quick setting him. He was getting underneath his, his pads, and you know, he was like, all right, well, I can't get it over there. Then he went to Tipman, and Tipman played well, and yes, he was getting help. Then he went over to, to, to Becton and, you know, he got a little pressure, but Becton held up. So all in all, you see this offensive line as well, being able to kind of communicate and be able to slide coverages. I love some of the turn protections, you know, the max protections that they had in based off of uh, play action. Uh, we talked about that last week. They implemented it. I thought that was good. And I thought he threw the ball with timing and anticipation, right? Throwing it to a spot before guys were out of breaks. So that when they, they you get that nanosecond when you're open in that small window, these guys were able to make plays. So I was glad to see Rucker out there because I think that he's one of the better dual threats uh, as far as he's a great pass uh, run blocker, but he can he he doesn't get the credit that he deserves because of the system that he played in in Ohio State as a receiving guy too, right? So I think he's a he's a, he's a good th- dual threat that has a bright future. They got to start being able to get him more opportunities. He's earned that because of what he's done in the run game. I mean, he's taking, he's drive blocking, you know, safeties and and, and linebackers 20 yards down the field. Uh, So I was glad to see him and Xavier Gibson, you know, make an impact, you know, using some of that speed and the gadgets and the reverses. It was all in all a a good day and a lot to build off of and a lot to grow from. And um, I'm excited to see what the next phase is and see if Zach can keep this up. What were some of your favorite plays specifically from Wilson when he's talking about, hey, I'm seeing things better, and it didn't seem like there was a lot of hesitation in his game where things were going quicker for him? Yeah. Well, you know, they had they had a couple trap coverages on him where they pretend like the corners is, you know, man-to-man, and he rolls off and hoping that he can pick out the out. He was throwing it early and so fast that – identified it so fast that the trap couldn't – you know, you couldn't trap him even though they, they attempted to do it. 
And you talk about the back shoulder to, to Lazar. You talk about the back shoulder to Conklin. He's putting the ball in, in tight places, but he's throwing the ball early. And when that back foot was hitting in there, the decision was made. One, two, knowing where your reads are, knowing where your progressions are, and believe in your eyes. And I thought that he threw with confidence, and I thought maybe they opened it up even more to say, hey, man, like, let's just let's just see what he can handle. Let's just let him go. Like, what do we have to lose? And I think they could have scratched the surface and maybe opened up the opportunity for Zach to gather his confidence back and everybody's believing. And we'll see what this week is all about because it's going to be interesting how he handles being pat on the back instead of kicked in the butt like last week. Did you like the way Nathaniel Hackett implemented his personnel? You talk about Ruckert before, but we saw Xavier Jumbo Gibson. package. Yeah, we saw Xavier Gibson get into the lineup, touching the balls in different ways. Um, so uh, Hardman got some more plays, not a ton. But again, you're seeing different guys get the football and with more plays come more opportunities. Yeah, and that's what it is, right? The same way that we applaud the um, the defense for being able to roll guys in and keep multiple and use all their talents, all of them do things a little differently, all of them do things exceptionally well, uh, they got different skill sets. We want to see that on the personnel because we thought that when you go get Randall Cobb and Lazard, that's plus two. McCole Harmon, that's plus three. Xavier Gibson, that's four. You know, Garrett Wilson, that's five. Rucker, that's six. You know, Exama, seven. Conklin, eight. Like, so eight guys can put pressure on the defense, right, to be able to say because they can't key in on one guy. So you're going to have one-on-one matchups, and when the matchups are favorable, having the trust and the belief in the guy that's out there, knowing that you can that he can make a play for you as well because sometimes they're going to do um, what, you know, teams do when they respect the opponent. They're going to take away your number one or your number two option and show you that, you know, we can hurt you. We, we trust our third guy against your third guy every day. This is the first time since 2002 the Jets have opened a season in their first four games trailing by double digits in the first half. How yeah. can they change that? What is happening early in games where the Jets are falling behind the eight ball? Well, I, I, just, I just feel like, um, you know, we all know those 15-play scripts coming in for these offenses, and, you know, they're hitting the Jets with so many different things, and then the Jets settle down. You know, they have to try and weather the storm early and maybe play a little bit more conservative mm. so that they don't give up those, you know, those plays. You know, you think about their eyes are bad. You know, you're going to see all the shifts, motions, all the personnel groups early on. But, you know, once you get past the 15 plays, then now you know what the concepts are for the day. You, you gather that data. You make the adjustments. The issue is you can't give up seven. You can't give up three while you're trying to make those assessments. You got to make sure that you can get off the field, third down, tackle well, and communicate well. We saw a couple of bad communications, you know, when guys are coming in motion and they were using that against them. They, the, the motion really hurt them at times, being able to get guys' eyes bad. And, you know, especially with Pacheco, they were using motions and shifts and ghost sweeps and all that type of stuff to try and, and disguise the fact that it was just a basic, regular, like, uh, zone run or power. And once they settled it down and said, okay, this is what it is, Forget the motion, let the rock and roll safeties or the, the nickels and the dimes handle that from the outside force and flank position. Let's make sure our eyes are good and we're coming downhill because they had a war day. They had a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder that runs hard and was happy to be here and be back home. And Pacheco probably had a lot of family and friends there, you know, and he wanted to show up and show out. And I thought early on he was getting the better of the of the team, of course. You know, he was you know playing with extreme effort and motor, but 
lot of that was because of misassignment and alignments. Conversely, the Jets' offense really settled into this game by the time we reached the second quarter, especially after – I'm going to talk mm -hmm. to you about Bryce Hoffsack here in a second, yeah. safety. But how – you're talking about, hey, offenses are coming out with these unscouted looks, right? They have time yeah. to come up with the script, and they're surprising the Jets with uh, things. And the Jets, to their credit, they're steadying the ship. But – offensively, how can the Jets jump on opposition defenses early? The same way, your 15-play script, right? Things that you're, that you're comfortable with. I like sometimes if you get a first down, you, you, you go no huddle because now you get early in the game, you get that, that personnel stuck in out there. It was a couple of uh, plays like when they were going no huddle that Chris Jones just had nothing. He literally was just standing up. Mm. He had nothing in the gas tank, and that's what you want to do. You want to change the tempo and the pace. And that's why it's important for you to be a well-oiled machine and be in shape because if you can take advantage and win games because teams just don't have the endurance to keep up, that's a way to take their, their, their big-time players out because we all know if you get a first down, you only have you know maybe three good pass rushes. When you get to the fourth and fifth, you're gassed if you're giving max effort. And if, you, if you're able to keep those teams on the field, then you're able to take advantage because the, the pass rush is going to be slow. And then, you know, eventually the, the coordinator knows that. So then he says, okay, I have to blitz. And then that's when you got them because that's when you'll get your one-on-ones because they see that they can't get there with four. They start trying to add to the blitz and add to the pressure. And then that's when you take advantage and get those one-on-ones on the outside and you take a shot. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. Speaking of one-on-ones, how unique is Bryce Hoff? It seems like every time he has a pass rush, he is winning. And he got this whole thing yeah. started as far as this furious rally by getting yeah. the edge on Jawan Taylor, who is a penalty machine and then obviously it, yeah. it causing the face mask penalty that get makes it a 17 to two score. And then the jets got back right in the game. Yeah. I mean, you talk about, you know, momentum shifts and Bryce Huff is a guy that we all know is a tremendous pass rusher. Um, and you know, he did his thing and he was on display and he may not have the biggest name, but to me, he's the best pure pass rusher that the jets have. Right. I know sometimes he's undersized, undrafted free agent. And, you know, sometimes you want to go out there with the bigger guys that can set the edge. But he's disruptive. Right. He's disruptive. He's slippery and he's hard to deal with. And, you know, when you think about him coming in and maybe playing, you know, 30, 35 snaps a game, that's that's hell for anybody. You know, anybody to, to be able to come in and the different looks that they got. I thought, you know, the games that they ran with Franklin Myers. We're getting there. I saw a couple of things that they need to work on when they when they do those little TE stunts. You know, the the DNs have to believe in it and 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 really fight for contain. You know, because you're coming in, you got to make sure you wrap and keep the quarterback in the box a couple of times. You know, Mahomes circle the defense, but that to come with Phil and when they watch the film and understanding what they have to do and what's expected of them. But Bryce Huff is definitely the temple setter. 
He changed the game, changed the momentum yesterday. And, you know, before I thought that he was going to be a guy that you wouldn't be able to pay. And now I think he's a guy that you have to pay. You can't let him go and be like a sign Reddick leaving, leaving, um, you know, the Cardinals and go there and become a superstar with Philadelphia. He's too good. We've seen it before. You know, you have Carl Lawson and, you know, this is the last year of his contract. You got to have a guy that can, that can get busy from both sides. You can never have enough pass rushers. McDonald's still a little green. Huff is the guy that you need right now and in the future. So I hope after afterwards they give him a, you know, a three year, 10 million, you know, $30 million deal or something like that to not let him walk away because he he's whatever he's what the Jets should want to represent. That's if you come here and you and you and you and you play hard and you perform, we will not let you walk. We will not give you exiting papers. We will reward that. Because remember, he's coming in as undrafted free agent. He didn't he didn't come in getting a lot of money. So yeah, right now at- he's underpaid. Right now he's underpaid because what they're paying him, he should be a special team guy running out on kickoff and punt. But he's offering points up and big plays on the biggest stage. Yeah, former undrafted free agent Bart Scott right there making a case for Bryce Huff. Listen, he is playing at such a high level right now. Okay, what is the common denominator between Mm -hmm. the Jets making Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes look like mere mortals as passers? I always laugh at that, right? Because after the first game, it was, oh, what's wrong with Josh Allen? It was like, it's not about what's wrong with Josh Allen. I said it's about what's right with the Jets and their defense and how they play him. Yep. And, you know, people kind of, like, let it go over their head. And, you know, then Dallas came, so they kind of forgot because Dallas kind of had a good game plan and they, they were successful. But Josh Allen is considered the MVP all of a sudden again, right? <laughs> like, ever since he had, he hasn't played the Jets, all of a sudden, oh, he's an MVP. Like, oh, he just took the MVP for Tua Tonga Valoa because they went and destroyed the, they destroyed the Dolphins. But it's kind of weird that when they play the Jets, Will Starr had the same conversation. He's making bad decisions. He's not holding on to the ball. It's a Jets thing. You have to recognize this defense is elite, and they cause problems because they have so much depth, and it's hard to consistently move the ball down the field on them consistently right so you're going down eight play drives maybe you might get them early but you know eight play drives they're coming up and I mean you gotta I gotta tip my hat to Jefferson and and, and Al Woods because those guys have stabilized them and gave the Jets um, some much needed size and inside when you're running and they played at a high level especially when they start buzzing coming out of the half you know it was because those guys were getting penetration they were beating double teams and they were the better men and you talk about the interior of that offensive line for the uh Kansas City Chiefs is highly decorated and, um, you know, and thought of. Quentin Jefferson, under the radar signing. He's a guy who continually gets that pressure yep. up the middle. And speaking about pressure up the middle, Quentin Williams continues to be phenomenal. And the guy behind him that we highlighted on Jets game day with Robert Sala last mm-hmm. week, his brother, his older brother, yeah. Quincy Williams, is all over the place. Yeah, 13 tackles, man, coming downhill. You know, I mean, the phys- I think he's a physical tone setter. You know, he comes down, and I think sometimes, you know, Jordan Whitehead thinks that he's him. I know he's a little bit smaller than, than Quincy. You know, he comes down there and throws the forearm shiver. You know, they got to wrap up a little bit more and be a little bit more disciplined. But he's coming down there, and he's, he's coming there with bad intentions and violence. You know, and, and you know, I like that type of party. Uh, but the fact that, you know, he makes people respect the physicality. It's one thing to say they're good and they can pass rush. It's another thing to say, hey, these guys will hit you in the mouth, right? So a couple of times you heard some pads really popping out there 
And, you know, a lot of times when you look around, you know that was Quincy doing his thing or having that type of impact. Like Rex always says, big hits change games. And then we could talk about C.J. Mosley for hours. Great to see him come yeah, up. Yeah, just got to get him on the jugs machine. Well, just got to get him on the jugs machine. Almost two, the, almost the, with the two interceptions against. Yeah, because the big one. Yeah, because that, that was the big one. You know, that's, that's possibly a reservation for six. Yeah, that would be huge. So that, okay, so let, let's talk about late in the game there. Seven and a half minutes left. Jets turn it over. Unfortunately, uh, Zach Wilson, he's trying to take that snap and move quickly, loses it. Kansas City takes over. Third and 23, Mahomes picks up 25. There's a penalty on C.J. Mosley on that play. Later on that drive, third and 20, Mahomes throws into double, triple coverage. It's intercepted by Michael Carter II. It sure looks yes. like the official threw the flag after the interception transpires on Sauce Gardner. Your take on those two third downs and how officiating played a role in this game? Well, I mean, I always talked about it, and I said in my pregame show that, you know, Mahomes, this is something that he's added to his game. You have to have a spy there. And what happens is the longer the play went, you know, he, he went too far and, you know, they, the, the linebackers got too much depth, you know, trying to help out. And it becomes a point where you have to be able to mindful of the quarterback. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, you talk about they want to call legal contact. Once, first of all, Sauce has earned too much respect to, to give somebody a bailout call on third and 20 when, when it's that point of the game and, and, and then throw the flag after the fact. But the other part is the fact that he threw in the triple coverage as he was about to get hit as a kind of a bailout. But then Jermaine Johnson's over there getting assaulted. You know, it was three felonies and a misdemeanor, you know, taking hand over there with him where he's had his hands up flopping like a fish as the guy, is, you know, Smith is grabbing the inside of his pass. He's trying to shake him loose. You don't think at that point, you know, four or five seconds that play took that, you know, Johnson could have closed the distance and, and put pressure on Mahomes where – he has to take his eyes down. You know, that was just disheartening. I thought the, the fans of football was cheated from an opportunity. Not saying that the Jets would have won, right. but he robbed, he robbed Zach Wilson of an opportunity to have a moment. He, he, he ruined, you know, all the hard work that the Jets did in getting them in third and 20, third and 22. And it was discouraging to see that it was the game was uh, decided by the referees making ill-advised plays uh, or calls that were questionable at best. But the fact that, you know, we want high drama, we want teams in the game to be settled on the field between the players, not a referee making himself the conversation in the game. So you as a player, as a guy who played, do you think Rex Ryan would have a similar reaction as Robert Sala? Because I'm watching the game and thinking he has reason to be irate. And this, no, of course, of this course. has to, this has to go over well in the locker room because I got you back. I got your back fellas, because this, yeah. it, this is not right. And you guys, yeah. are, this is not a level playing field right now. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds, it reminds me that's this, what happened to the Jets yesterday uh, is something that happened to me when I threw the flag in the stands. It was that same scenario. New ours was to win. Yeah. Ours was to win it. We were, we were ahead. And, you know, I wanted to make a statement to support my guys because after the touchdown, the play was over with. So me throwing a flag and getting ejected, you know, it was besides the point. But I wanted to make sure that I was so irate that everybody knew that I believe that we were done wrong and I wanted people to take a closer look at it. And, you know, after that game, the referee got suspended for two games as well. And, you know, I'm sure the Jets will get 
some type of meaningless letter either saying, oh, well, you know, it, was, it, it wasn't holding, it was incidental contact. Like, Sauce has the right to his space. Mm. The fact that it's a third-tier receiver running a route just trying in the desperation times, you don't bail people out for just heaving a ball up in desperation time and, and saying that that's, that's in the best interest of the game or, 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 you know, the representation of the team, right? This is an opportunity to let it be handled on the field. They're going to send the Jets some type of letter either it's probably, probably saying, you know, we missed it there and we missed Jermaine Johnson because I'm sure the Jets are going to submit that and they're going to apologize, but what difference does it make? It doesn't change the outcome. And, you know, you expect – that's why, you know, I used to – I didn't mind a couple of years ago when they said that uh, P.I. was reviewable. And I know it kind of got out of hand, but, you know, you got two challenges. You could have challenged that right there, and I think you probably would have won that easy-peasy. I know sometimes the refs, everything that seems obvious isn't obvious, and sometimes they act like they're going to do the right thing, but it's hard for them. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. To correct themselves. What do you tell Sauce there? No coaching point. Uh, uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Exactly. That is how that you do what you have to do. Like that's a pivotal time, you know, in the game. And I believe even if he would have caught the ball in three around three people, he wasn't even close enough to the to the to the uh, first down. Well, it's typ- been short by like five down. Typically, I watch a reaction of the receiver, right? And, and, yeah. and the receiver just kept on moving on because I don't think he thought there was any kind of foul on the play at all. It wasn't. It was typical hand fighting. You know, doing what you have to do, and you know, like they got bailed out twice. What do you? And that's simple as that. What do you make of the drama? It seems like there's drama every week. It's the National Football League, but as far as as we look ahead to the Jets going to Denver, we know what Sean Payton said during the summer. You got Nathaniel Hackett here, who's coming off his best game as an offensive coordinator. He's developing a young quarterback. I'm, I know the Jets are going to take the proper approach, but what do you think externally the narrative is going to be this week? I mean, it's the Hackett Bowl, right? We talk about uh, Sean Payton is the one who we have questions about right now. I mean, because they had they were down 21 points to the Chicago Bears, who right now own the first and second pick in the NFL draft. And that team and, and that quarterback – wasn't brought in to, to for, for that to be the case. They're brought in to compete with, you know, the the Kansas City Chiefs, 
compete with the the Los Angeles Chargers within the division. And if they if they can't get past the barely get past the Bears, then that's the issue because the expectations were so much higher, especially when you bring in a Hall of Fame coach uh, who just so happened to supposedly be an offensive genius. So it'll be interesting that if you know see what Arbrick does as far as trying to support. Hack it and make sure that he he makes sure he puts a masterful game plan together to, to to try and really hold hold them down because this this one has to be special for Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson picked the right time to start playing at a higher level and you know this has to be the Hackett Bowl 2023 and the team has to pick their brother up because you know how important it is for him go out there put a great performance on but also in the AFC to be two and three. With everything that's happening, now the NFL, you're starting to see the level playing field, the field being leveled as you see the injuries starting to mount up. You see Tredavious White with the potentially Achilles or, you know, after coming from the ACL, they depend on him. You see Armstead with what happens to him. You see Matthew Judon with the bicep, you know, probably done for the season. So now the field is starting to level out. You don't want to put yourself in such a big of a hole that you can't, you know, take advantage of maybe being healthier than, you know, other teams. I know you had the big injury, but you know, outside of that, relatively okay. You know, keep playing hard, getting stronger, communicating. But this 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 thing in the AFC is wide open. Who thought that, you know, Joe Burrow and the Bengals would look like that? Who who knew that the Steelers would look like that? You know, who knew that the Chargers would look like that, right? So like it's opportunities if not winning the division to still be able to do it. And I think Buffalo did everybody a favor by bringing Miami back down to earth. And you know if you can, you know if you can put that type of performance against that offense and put pressure on Tua Tagovailoa, then that's an added advantage for you too. So it's real opportunities there because now everybody in the division has lost within the division, but everybody also has AFC losses. The Patriots look in disarray. So like it's wide open. So you can never cut yourself and believe that hey, you know how the future is going to work out because you just never know. So the Jets are getting he- healthier. Zach, something Zach Wilson to play at a high level. So when you get to that bye week, the Jets can make decisions and say, hey, maybe we can go out and add something. We got a lot of money left. We can maybe go add something and we can make some moves. Um, now that we believe that we're, we're back in contention with Zach, but it's up to the team to, to, to play well enough and to, to get a couple wins so that they can get it. And I tell you what, the Eagles look vulnerable too. So nobody's unbeatable. You know, everybody at this point, has struggled in the game. The Eagles have not looked what they look like for the last two years. You talk about ending that streak with the Patriots. How about ending the streak that the organization has of never beating Philadelphia? All right, so it's motivation all around you. <laughs> you're getting ahead of yourself. Got to take care of business this week. But you're right. The AFC, it's a crowded place right now. So if you get to two and three next week, a lot of people looked at your schedule, even with a healthy Rodgers, and said, hey, those first six three games are going to be tough, right? Yeah, we didn't, and the expectations was like, oh, well, if they can get three and three, four and two would be great, but three and three would be great. If you can get to two and three or three and three, then you've done your job because we know that it's not going to get easy because nothing's easier, but you know that you're not playing the top-tier opponents. And the battle of attrition is starting to set in as guys are starting to get hurt and miss games because of injuries. You saw Deshaun Watson not be able to play in a pivotal game with your hated rivals and had to go with a rookie quarterback, and they lost. You know, I think if Deshaun Watson's there, that may be a different ball game. But, you know, they have to take that L and take it on the chin. Tennessee Titans, who we thought was left for dead, you know, come back and put a spanking on Joe Burrow as, you know, Jamar Chase only gets zero catches. And, you know, according to him, he's always effing open. 
Look at you. Um, hey, how about a boxing take here? That was a great take on the AFC landscape. Uh, Canelo Alvarez taking care of business against hot, hot trash, hot trash. Listen, uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna be about that life and talk about your fight, this and you know Jamel and Jamal, you know has a lot of bravado. They walk around and talk about how great they are, but to go out there and not even put up a fight. I mean, I, I agree with Bud. Like, man, I'll take you off my list. You're a waste of my time. Like, you you easy work. You know, you sat up there and got got dictated to by a guy. You didn't even try and win. From the first round, you didn't try and win. And then you're like you're trying to talk about uh I could feel the weight difference. Like, man, I wish I would have had more time to put more weight on. Like, come on, man, stop it. This was a golden opportunity for you to make yourself a superstar. And now all of a sudden, oh, I'll fight Bud, but before, man, he's too little for me. Man, I'm undisputed. Man, he can't do this. Now, like, I'll fight him. I know he got to fight Spence. They got to take care of their business. But after the fact, I'll be right here. Man, whatever. You a buster. Like, I, you better hope that you can pull a clicks going, go get your big brother to try and avenge your ass kicking. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So he needs to try and go out there and get 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 because Jamal, because Jamal is the one with the heavy hands. Right. He's the one that's the knockout power, the big bro with the fro. You know what I mean? Because Canelo also, man, he needs to miss me with fighting these guys as a non-threat. He knew that Jamel was a non-threat. Like, he know the fight that everybody want to see. He's talking about this is the best Canelo. Can't nobody beat this Canelo. Well, one, if you're going to fight Bivol, then go ahead and fight him, but fight him and put your belts up. Like, Bivol was like, well, I'm going to fight you. I already beat you, but then you're not putting your belts up. But I can make the weight to, 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 to come meet you at super middleweight and beat you. I already beat you. So why don't you put your belts up? Then what are we talking about? Fight Benavidez. Why are you afraid of Benavidez? Or the super fight. Let's see if Bud Crawford has special in him. Let's see if he can move up like, you know, Roy Jones did, you know, from 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 uh, middleweight all the way to heavyweight and, and beat somebody that people think is a champion. Let's see if, you know, if 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 he can they can meet at one one sixty some type of catch weight and get a world what they want to see. The most interesting fight right now, Bud Crawford and Canelo Alvarez. Oh, I'd, lo I'd love to see that because he's he, he acts like he's afraid of, uh, of Benavidez. He won't be the Benavidez to kind of get in some more wars to take some of that luster off of him, try to get some damage to him before they meet up. All right. So we're coming full circle here. That was a little boxing minute for you. But that's my thing with the Jets is they just got in the ring with the champion and they didn't fight to survive. They were on the ropes, but they came back swinging. No moral victories. But I think we show, they showed something as far as who – they're made of, and more importantly, you come in to the building on Monday, you correct your mistakes, whether win or lose, and the Jets saw a lot of good things on film today against the Chiefs. Yeah, like I said, it's opportunities. You think about three touchdowns that would came, the one to Michael Carter, the one to Conklin, the one to uh, Garrett. But the fact that you put yourself in position and recognize it, sometimes you just miss. You're just slightly off. And that comes with chemistry. Now they've had that play in the game. And now he's seen that look, okay, Michael Carter leaked out. They were, nobody played them. Bam. We get in the same scenario. Like I say all the time, veterans aren't veterans because they haven't made mistakes. Veterans are veterans because they've made those mistakes and they've been in those situations and they've learned from them. It's nothing wrong with making a mistake. It's making the same mistake repeatedly and not making adjustments. So go out, make the adjustments. And next time you make those and you blow the game out. Right. So like you learn lessons early in the season, you want to fight to get in the tournament you get in the tournament. These are the plays that you make plays that you couldn't see or make early in the season. And that's the difference between winning and losing. That's the difference between, you know, being able to go on the road or being able to host and exceed expectations. 
Subscribe, rate, and review. Also, bang the like on YouTube. There's our champion, Bart Scott. We'll see you soon, brother. Peace. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.